He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We have really built unique spaces. We have built that idea into the brand of Neat Suites, just who we are. Even that original fourplex, you know, listening to podcasts and, and they're saying like, you have one photo to impress your guests. And then once they click that one, then you have five. Once, once they look at those five photos, yes, they can click into the rest of the carousel, but really you've got one and then you've got five. So, you know, you need to make sure that the interior design is, is phenomenal, uh, that your photography quality is phenomenal. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. In hotels and vacation rentals, the top complaints or issues are noise, garbage, and parking. I may not be able to solve all of your parking and garbage problems, but I could definitely help with your noise problems. And that actually might just help your garbage and parking problems too. So NoiseAware is the only 100% privacy safe noise monitoring solution that property managers and owners can use in order to ensure they avoid parties and other issues happening at their property. You won't get notified when a plate breaks, but if you have a little quiet get together that kind of gets out of hand like this, then NoiseAware will give you the peace of mind to ensure that you and your property, and of course, your profits, are protected. So use my code SLICKTALK20 to get 20% off of all noise monitoring devices and focus on the other important things that help you run your business. Now thank you for checking out Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Get back to the episode. and Don't forget to check out NoiseAware while you're listening. everybody welcome back to slick talk the hospitality podcast and i'm your host will slickers and as we always start the episode it's an amazing week to have another amazing podcast in the bank because we have some amazing guests we have jeremiah and edward who are with neat suites and i believe you guys are based in cincinnati ohio maybe right yeah, it's northern kentucky we have to define that kentucky is far better uh, so, so yeah, so we're on the south side of the river from Cincinnati, but if I threw a rock far enough, I could hit Cincinnati. So we're basically right here. Okay, perfect. Well, good to know. Kentucky sounds like a good spot that I need to add to my bucket list of travel, but uh, now I have a good reason to, but I want to jump into you guys. What is your story? Who's Jeremiah? Who's Edward? And what is Neat Sweets? And how did this, you know, great killer combo come into play? Uh, and I think we're just going to jump in with you, Jeremiah. First, tell us your story. What you, you know, what were your founding moments getting into hospitality, short-term rentals, everything we're about to dive in? Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. So, so I started out, uh, Junior year of college, I started getting more interested in real estate. I had flipped a house between sophomore and junior year. 
um, because the only thing I knew was, was working with my hands, doing maintenance work, that kind of thing. I flipped the house and I had made, at the end of the summer when I sold the house, there was a profit, but if I divided it by the hours that I worked on the house, it was like 15 bucks an hour. And I was like, well, this is great, but you know, uh, big time real estate developers are making a whole lot more than this. So I got to figure out how to use my brain a little bit more. Um, so I got involved doing construction with a, a small time developer, which led to uh, managing a few rental properties, which then led to me getting my real estate license. And then I started managing long-term rentals. And uh, um, I convinced my broker to start a, a long-term rental property management company with me. This was in 2016. So this was before I really knew anything about short-term rentals. And uh, so we started managing long-term rentals, um, started hiring friends, growing that. You know, we have uh, about 175 units that we manage right now, um, just long-term rentals. But then along the way, one of the owners that I was working with said, hey, you know, we, we've been hearing a lot more about Airbnb. What are your thoughts? And uh, I thought, well, first off, it sounds like a giant pain in the butt and I'm not interested. Um, I, I happen to be a kind of a no man. I'm very like, I've got a laser focus. I don't want to be a jack of all trades. I want to be a master of one. And uh, so I have to have yes men like Ed that work with me. Sometimes it's like, hold on, let's not shut down every single opportunity that comes your way. So I told this guy, I said, absolutely not. I don't want to do short-term rentals. And uh, then I went home and slept on it and uh, started listen, listening to, um, I think we had talked about it before, Will, listening to Get Paid for Your Pad. And I was like, okay, there's, there's a lot more software around uh, short-term rentals that I, I wasn't aware of, right? The thing that didn't excite me about short-term rentals was getting on and responding to all these guest inquiries and meeting them and giving them codes and, and you know, meeting the cleaners there to let them in and making sure the cleaners did a good job and just all of that, uh, the legwork behind unsophisticated short-term rental management just sounded exhausting. And so I, I was listening to get paid for your pad and, and started learning about a lot of these additional softwares, um, you know, property management systems that, that come alongside hosts to help make their life easier. So um, I went back to the owner. I said, okay, uh, you know, I'm, I'm willing to do Airbnb management. He said, that's wonderful because we've already started construction on a building and I was going to make you do it anyway. So I was like, okay, perfect. <laughs> so we had, um, it was a historic building in Covington, four units. Uh, it was built in 1863 and uh, it, it was completely burned out. Um, so he went through and basically demolished all of the interior of the building, left the exterior shell and built it from scratch. So we had four brand new Airbnb Airbnb, that was the only thing we knew at the time, four brand new short-term rentals. Um, I took those over and uh, um, around that time, and Ed can talk a little bit more about this when, when he kind of shares his story, but I had met Ed previously and Ed was running a cleaning business and I'll let him talk more about that, but I needed a cleaner. And uh, so I reached out to Ed, Ed brought his cleaning crews in, started cleaning the units for us. And uh, so really that was still being managed under my long-term property management business. And as we continued to, to kind of become more and more efficient, bring on more software, uh, we started to realize that, man, this is just a totally different business model than long-term rental management. And I started to realize, man, I can't grow this business without Ed and somebody that really understands the, the logistics of, of just how to get things done. 
Um, and so then we formed Neat Suites in 2019. Uh, and, and so then I guess, you know, I can kind of pause that story of, of where we've come since forming that and then let Ed talk a little bit about uh, his back, backstory and in, in leading up to the formation of Neat Suites. So, so yeah, so yeah. I, you can transition straight to that or you could ask questions or, or whatever, but that, that's kind of what yeah. got us to be. Jeremiah says the official time we met was when he reached out and cleaned. There was actually an unofficial time that we did <laughs> meet um, that is a whole another cool story in itself, but it kind of helps kind of lead to how the world, it shows you different things and shows you things that you feel is right. And you just go that direction. And um, that's kind of why Jeremiah and I met, we met previously um, and the cleaning was our own, our official meeting, but we also have a little cool story, which we can get to later in the show. But um, a little bit about me, I was kind of like what Jeremiah said, one of those unsophisticated um, quote unquote, Airbnb <laughs> and a term here on in the world, which I totally agree with, you know, they're, they're short term rentals. There's different players. 100%. 100%. Um, so I started off when it was couch surfer. Um, so I'm kind of, I, I went to college at University of Kentucky, Kentucky in Lexington, and I lived right next to where the UK Wildcats played. So if you're a big basketball fan, you know, UK was, especially when I was there, it was, I mean, we were going to the national championship. We were, you know, we, I was there when John Wall was there. So it was a really exciting time to be on campus. And we lived right next to Rep Arena. And I had went on a mission trip my junior year. I think it was maybe 2015, maybe the summer of 2014. It was around that time. I know Couchsurfer was pretty much rocking and rolling. It was still kind of like the Craigslist killer site. <laughs> At the time, there was a lot of bad press coming on. And I, out of those ashes kind of came, hey, there's this platform. It's called Airbnb. Um, you know, started off in Europe. It's kind of been on the West Coast. It's, it was making its way to the East Coast. Um, so I had went on, on this mission trip in the summertime and I reached out to a buddy I had in California. I said, hey, you know, at the time I lived in a garage in in this condo is my buddy's condo, but I paid like 250 bucks in rent. I drove a scooter. I sold my car to pay tuition. And so I went on this mission trip, stayed in, uh, in California. And my buddy says, hey, instead of staying on my couch, I'm actually moving to Hawaii. I won't have a place for you to stay, but check out this site. It's called Airbnb. And uh, I remember I booked the place, uh, the host name was Alex or Alexis, and she had a couch three minutes from LAX. I paid 50 bucks. <laughs> other people staying in the house. So I remember I was sleeping. It was like 6 a.m. in the morning. I was right next to the front door. And like this, uh, this Asian family came, woke up. They must have had a flight at like 6.30 in the morning. And they just woke up and there's with suitcases just going right past me. But I was totally happy with it because I paid like 50 bucks to sleep there. And I was so fortunate to have that. Um, so when I was, so when I got back to Lexington after that mission trip, my brain was ticking the whole time I was on this mission trip. I was like, what is this Airbnb thing? That was the coolest thing. Um, that's the coolest thing being woke, being woken up at six 30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that Opportunity comes nice. in some odd ways. It does. <laughs> in the head. So we got back to Lexington and I told my roommate, it was my first partnership. I said, Hey, you've got this nice room. You know, it's your mom's condo. We got this patio. You've got the bed. I said, I lived in the garage. I said, hey, what we can do is let's throw this on, on couch surfers, let's throw this on Airbnb. And if we get booked, if we get booked, we didn't know. There was no other Airbnbs in Lexington at the time. Um, I said, if we get booked, you can sleep on the floor in the, in the basement, <laughs> in the garage. <laughs> well, fast forward a month later, we had two beds. We looked like a dormitory in our basement because we were booked so much. Um, and so out of that, we started subletting other properties around Lexington to help as I kind of finished out college. And so me and my roommate at the time, we would kind of clean it between classes and stuff like that. So 
that's kind of how I met Jeremiah unofficially kind of bringing it back around was when I moved to, to Cincinnati to Covington, Northern Kentucky after college, I started doing that subletting deal. The laws hadn't quite caught up yet. Um, there was a lot of opportunity that where you can still make your money. It was kind of like the Sonder model. You, you can, you can rent it out, you furnish it. And then whatever you make on top was your profit. So I started doing the same thing. And, uh, in Covington, I think I got up to maybe two or three and I actually had reached out to Jeremiah. I was working another job and I walked through a property that you had through your long-term management company. And it was super funny because we would go through the apartment. Jeremiah thought he was, I was going to be renting it as like a tenant. And at the end, I'm like, surprise jokes on you. I actually just want to sublet sublease it. If you'll let me do that, we'll partner together. And he was probably like, he was talking about, he was just a no guy. And, and so that was probably about a year before I got a message over Airbnb about, Hey, you know, he's got this investor with this fourplex that he was rehabbing. Um, if we want to, you know, meet up, get, a, get some dinner. So we met up and I said, well, funny story. I actually kind of started the cleaning company in my own little way because we had three or four at the time and my wife and that were also I think we might have had one child at the time mm -hmm. so we just could not clean it on our own so we had kind of formed a little bit of infrastructure here in Cincinnati for cleaning um, so I told Jeremiah I said hey you know let me do your cleaning um, and you give me one more property to add to sublease and you have a deal I'll tell you everything I know <laughs> <laughs> We made that deal and then and then kind of like what he said when I mean, he was looking up that technology that to me that brought me from unsophistication to sophistication i was like okay you're onto something you know there's a lot of cool stuff that you did to automate this where i'm still running around if a shower handle falls off or yeah toilet paper needs restocked i had to run down there and do it myself so i was fascinated by that and i said hey i think there's maybe an opportunity down here if we put our heads together we could probably make something really special go on so yeah well, it's, yeah. it's crazy to see, like, it's rare, you know, on the podcast that I have any guests that were in that original Airbnb phase of sleeping on the couch and, and, and doing like, kind of like that house hacking model where it's like, Hey, we're going to like a literal air mattress or, Hey, you're sleeping on the floor. If, it, if we get booked type deal, it's a uh, rare to have that. So it's kind of cool. Like, see, it's like, dang, I'm like, I'm so used to that. The technology, the immediate IOT devices, like everything. Um, I never was in that beginning, that beginning phase of Airbnb. Um, other than my parents, like having their little apartment, about their garage, but they professionalized it like right out the gate. They're like, we're not yeah. doing, we're not doing, we're doing contactless check-in. I don't want to see nobody. I want to talk to nobody. Like <laughs> they're just like, we're tired of our long-term tenants tearing out the place. So, um, that's kind of, that's hilarious. And then I've always been joking about getting the get paid for your pad jingle and just playing it. Like anytime people mention it on the podcast, oh yeah it's yeah it's so good and every time i talk to jasper i'm like yeah hey, i need i need your jingle on my on my show every now and then so that's too good start licensing that thing out for money yeah seriously well i think he he even showed like a tweet that brian chesky tweeted is like i love that jingle off of get paid for your pad and i was like that's that's pretty cool like if you got brian chesky tweeting your jingle, yeah. yeah there's some there's some fiverr guy somewhere that's like living his best life He's like look at this work i only got paid ten dollars for it but it is crushing it right now it is nationally known that's <laughs> <laughs> so good that's so good well you guys have a really cool interesting story and the way we met was through um a, a mutual connection of ours with the home and villa program who was like you gotta you gotta you just gotta get, you gotta meet you gotta talk and hearing how you guys were 
you know, doing separate things within your, your pass cross, being unsophisticated, trying to sneak attack him with a sublet type deal. And then all of a sudden you being like, hey, I got the sophistication software. Uh, let's automate this and, and make something cool. Um, now tell us about Neat Suites. How, what's the, the growth been like? Because starting a, a company in 2019, trust me, I know the struggle of what that's like. Uh, December 27th, 2019 was my last day on a W-2 employment job. So I feel you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm just curious, you know, what's that been like since the, the start and to where we are today through this whole COVID thing and, and the, I guess, professionalization of the industry? Yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, it, I think it's been a huge blessing. I always, I always like to say that desperation causes innovation and, uh, you know, being, going through COVID has, has made us, you know, has had a shape a lot of the way we do things. It's changed our operations. It's, it's refined us and made us more professional. Um, but, but yeah, it was cool. So we were kind of in the same boat. We had had, you know, those four units um, that I was managing. And then um, when Ed and I partnered together, we, we just through mutual connections, both of us are pretty involved with different trade organizations and investor groups and things. So just, you know, chatting with people you know, throwing it out there. Hey, this is what we're doing. Is anybody interested in having us add more units? Um, you know, we were able to start bringing on a few more units and a few more units. And I think we got to like 12 units and Ed was so done with his day job. He was like, all right, I'm going to find a way to make this work. And it was like, well, okay, well, you know, we, we can pay you maybe slightly better than if you worked at McDonald's. So let's make, let's take the leap and just pray. <laughs> I think my father-in-law uh, <laughs> was like, you don't want to do this. You have two young kids. <laughs> Do it. I'm like, come on, I'm like that influence, yeah. like you can do it. The and, devil on his shoulder while the, the father in law Exactly. Like, yeah, it's amazing that his wife still likes me. Goodbye. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, so he he dove in uh shortly thereafter. Um, and then you know, it's funny, we he grew up in Williamstown, Kentucky, and in Williamstown, Kentucky, there's a what's called the Ark Encounter. And uh, uh for anybody that's familiar with the biblical story of Noah's Ark, uh, there is a two-scale replica of the Ark that's built on a giant farm in Williamstown. Um, it's built by a, a big corporation called AIG, and uh, it is the largest wooden structure in the world. The number one tourist attraction in Kentucky above Churchill Downs, above Mammoth Cave. I mean, it's just wild. And it's, and it's, it's interesting because they they chose to build it in an area where they could get 500 contiguous acres to build this giant attraction, which meant it's in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's absolutely yeah. nothing out there. Well, uh, I was going to say, if you uh, if you ever take a look at the biblical measurements of what they go through in the Old Testament of how it was like how big it was, it's insane. Because I actually, I, yeah, I studied that for a little bit and was like, okay, if you take what their measurements are in the Bible to them to what it could be today and try to like kind of understand how big this thing was. Uh, it's, uh, it's on like unfathomable for me to even think about until seeing that when it, when there was on the news and all the press and stuff, it was like, Holy crap, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you look at, you look at, uh, you know, aerial views from satellites and stuff and it's like, Oh, farmland, farmland, a giant boat, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's awesome. So, Ed, Ed grew up in Williamstown. Um, and so, 
you know, while, while I had connections and was growing our management portfolio here in Cincinnati and in Northern Kentucky, um, he was kind of working down in Williamstown, building relationships and uh, bringing on management clients down in Williamstown as well. And those have been super cool uh, because the price of land is just still so cheap in Williamstown. I probably shouldn't say this on air. We're going to have so much more competition after this. Um, I'm flying. I'm flying out next week. <laughs> a couple of these words out here. Anytime we talk about <laughs> geographic locations, but, but yeah, so it's the, the land is still so cheap and it's the number one tourist attraction in the state of Kentucky. I think they have over a million guests a year come in. And so we have youth groups and family and, and a, adult, we have like uh, senior groups that come. I mean, there's just anybody and everybody will come to stay in the ark, you name it. And um, so we've got some large, we have a seven bedroom house out there, a couple five bedrooms, four bedroom. Um, and, and those have been super, super profitable, really cool. Um, Ed and I and one other investor bought a, a small cabin out there. So we're kind of diving in on the acquisition side to, to try to pick up some property in Williamstown as well. Um, so, so yeah, so that, that's sort of, you know, we, we've grown that, um, we've grown the Williamstown market, the Cincinnati market slash Northern Kentucky, uh, up. And then this past summer, like we've talked about before, Will, there was, uh, the same owner had, who had sort of twisted my arm into the original fourplex on Airbnb. Um, he started talking about the idea of uh, doing another one of those buildings, but making it eight short-term rentals and, and kind of branding it as a micro hotel. And uh, uh, it was in a historic pickle factory. So we are like, well, pickles are cool. So let's call it the pickle factory hotel. Um, he had a, a really, a really solid budget for that property. So we were able to get an interior designer in there um, who knocked it out of the park. I mean, all of our, all of our rooms are just really uniquely themed. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's, I, I don't know if that hits specifically on your question, Will, but that's sort of what, what took us from where we were to where we are and kind of the different markets that we've grown in um, specifically, you know, I, I know you kind of referenced growing through, you know, 2020 being COVID. Uh, yeah, I mean, like the rest of the industry, we saw our, our bookings take a, a large hit. And then shortly thereafter, we saw a giant influx of parties uh, in the city because all the bars were shut down. And so then, yeah. you know, we started, started bringing on noise aware, you know, we, we started using auto host for all of our uh, booking agreements and things like that. Um, screening our guests, just getting a lot tighter with actual, you know, vetting our guests, yeah. uh, which has definitely proven to be helpful, uh, you know, setting those processes into place. But then uh, it's funny, Cincinnati came back a little bit slower. Um, but once, uh, once the arc reopened its doors mid June, it was like we went from 10% occupancy in May to like, 80%, 90% occupancy. I mean, we had like the best summer months we had ever had last summer. That's uh, awesome. You know, I guess the ARC guests didn't necessarily worry too much about COVID. So they were back at it in no time. And Cincinnati came back, came back pretty quick as well. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it, it was scary for a few minutes, but but luckily, you know, we, we pulled through and now our reservations are better than ever.
Hey, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode, and I wanted to drop in quickly to let you know that our partners at Jetstream have some of the best-in-class technology that sits at the heart of the guest experience with a focus on generating revenue for your property assets. With their platform, your property gets the best-in-class tech and integrations to remote access, guest screening, booking protection, and payment processing. Better yet, their team does all of the hard work of 24-7 guest communication and content creation. So go ahead, click the link in the show notes so you can jump on board today and take advantage of their professional hospitality team. Now, we're back to the episode. That's so cool. That's so cool to hear. And I'm a big fan. The reason why we connected in the first place was because of the ability to create a destination, right? Like we were talking about, you know, taking this old pickle factory and turning it into a micro hotel. That's a destination in itself. Um, and, and what you guys have been doing with Neat Suites is really proving out that concept. If you, if you create something unique and, and, and professional and standardized, but, you know, really cool and, and functional, people will show up. They will come, uh, you know, granted, whether it's an arc opening in stores again, or if it's, um, you know, uh, a pickle factory. I think there's an ability to get creative in this space more than ever um, now with, you know, uh, local tourism being a really big push, uh, domestic travel, small road trips, you know, three to five hours distance, whatever. People want that connection, that uniqueness, that Instagrammable moment, or that just even moment that they can tell their kids uh, or not even their kids, but their friends back at home, um, you know, what they got to experience. And so uh, with the pickle factory, how have you guys been able to tap into that? Because uh, I think for me, like, this is where I geek out. I love hearing the little like design pieces or the little things that you guys have highlighted uh, for guest day to have that that experience. And I, I think it's really cool. So I'm really excited to geek in this project. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm glad that you brought that up because that's something that we have really built um, unique spaces. We have built that idea into the brand of neat suites, just who we are. And, and it started mm-hmm. with even that original fourplex, you know, listening to podcasts and, and they're saying like, you have one photo to impress your guests. And then once they click that one, then you have five. Yeah. And then once once they look at those five photos, yes, they can click into the rest of the carousel, but really you've got one and then you've got five. So, you know, you need to make sure that the interior design is, is phenomenal, uh, that your photography quality is phenomenal. And so doing that, you know, I'll, I'll kind of give you the brief backstory. I, I was on this urban living tour mm. and uh, I, there's a local organization called the catalytic fund and they do these tours where they'll get permission from local homeowners and local businesses to just tour people through cool and up and coming neighborhoods. And so we were at this uh, neighborhood here in Northern Kentucky um, walking through a house and it was just incredible by far. Everybody on the, on the tour always said, Oh my gosh, did you go see Mandy's house? Did you go see Mandy's house? It's incredible. Like, Oh my gosh. And we just heard that over and over. So we were like, okay, finally we got to go see Mandy's house. So like we, our fourplex was on the tour. It was the same year that our fourplex was being built. And so um, I jumped in the car, drove over to Mandy's house and walked through. I was like, Oh my gosh, this place is just a step above. I've never been in a space that feels like this. I mean, it was just, and and it wasn't even like, trendy it was just weird but it felt incredible being inside her home and uh so i I talked to her i said you know do you ever do interior design and she said no only for myself said i'm a graphic Mm. designer um 
And I said, well, okay, well, will you do our interior design? I've got four Airbnbs. And she said, yeah, but only if I have full creative control. And I said, okay, only if you stick with our budget. And she said, no. <laughs> so um, we, we brought her in to do our fourplex and uh, uh, she did a phenomenal job. And uh, those I wouldn't even say were themed short-term rentals. Uh, I would say the Pickle Factory are themed short-term rentals. Hers, she came up with a design idea and stuck to it. So one of them is, is uh, by and large, a, a boho feel. One of them um, we call minimalism, and it's, it's a lot of gold tones, gold and tan tones. And then one of them is called translucency, and it's like these kind of blues and oranges. And, and, um, and so she kind of came up with a color palette and a brand for each unit. Um, but there wasn't any like real specific centralized theme, but even those, when we put them onto Airbnb, bam, like we got onto Airbnb plus immediately. That was when they were oh, wow. plus, yeah. um, you know, there, there's some real unique features. There's a wooden chair that looks like a hand. And that's like one of our initial pictures. And people are like, oh my gosh, what does it feel like to sit in a hand you know, like, <laughs> to be? Yeah. Uh, so things like that real unique pieces. And we were like, okay, this has worked well at our fourplex what what could this look like to be even more dramatic to even push like let's you know they say if it's broke don't fix it well if it's yeah. working pretty good how do we even just make it replicate work? it like, i am yeah. like even if it, even if it works great let's go ahead and try to fix it some more so we're like let's just push this as hard as we can can i and, can i uh, ask you is there a particular one out of those four that really just constantly is like the highest performer booker like one or are they all pretty evenly uh sought after they there's uh, two of them book better than than the other two and one of them um there's just been some real weird it, the minimalism the one with the gold tones it's got some really cool pieces like uh there's uh, some artwork that we sourced from local artists artists that are a mixture of like newspaper clippings of birds and like gold leaf you know like these like yeah. What, what even is this? But it's like super cool and it's weird and people book it to see some of this unique art. And then we have like a, a statue of a, a boxing glove. It's a golden boxing glove and a couple other weird pieces like that. And that one books really well. Um, it, again, they're all relatively similar, um, similar theme as far as the gold, you know, things like that within this, this one unit. The other unit we have, um, we have a it's called, a, I guess it's, I call it a canopy bed, but it's like a big, like a, you sleep inside of a square box, that kind of a thing where you got the four posts and the rails over your head. Um, and it's like this flashy silvery gold. It almost looks like a mirror that you sleep in. So one of our opening pictures to that listing is just this awesome picture in a historic room, tall windows, you know, high ceilings, exposed ductwork, and then just this beautiful bed. And when you look at it, you're like, okay, I've got to like get there after a long day's travel, kick off my shoes and somersault into that bed. And it's going to be the best day of my life. You know, like it just feels like that. So yeah. those two probably book better than, than the other ones, but by and large, they all book pretty well. Similarly. Uh, just curious. I was like, man, I, I've always liked the AB test, you know, where it's like, okay, if we have four units that are pretty much the same, but we do a couple of different here, a couple of different there, a couple of different there and see what one it is. And then, and then maybe how do you take it? But that's pretty interesting. I, I think the design, there's a, you know, I'm not a design 
uh, artist. I'm not graphic at all. Like I barely can put together my logo onto a picture and, and all this other stuff. So I'm very not creative in that aspect, but, um, you know, to see the, what people can do with a simple little thing like that, that catches somebody's eye and attention. is really, uh, it's a gift. That I kind of envy a little bit. I'm like, dang, I wish I could do that. But, uh, it's cool that you guys got her, uh, from that tour. Did you text Ed and be like, Hey, you got to meet Mandy. You got to see Mandy's house. Yeah. I was like, yep, yeah, this is, this Halloween. is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She has a big Halloween party that she shows off and she has everything set up, ready to go. So that's usually when she invites a lot of people over to her house. That's cool. That's super cool. So she says, um, do you ever want, you're talking about your interior design because I'm the same way. Uh, my wife's always like, just follow the wedding trends. She's like, you know, it was farmhouse. It was in, it was cool. At least around here. And then farmhouse died and it was boho chic and it was like boho loft, you know, it's like just follow that, just follow the wedding trends and you, you can't go wrong with that, you know. It's good, good to, good to know, good trick. I'll have to send that to my business partner. Like, all right, whatever, whatever when wedding happen, like trend is happening, like we're, we're just going to do it. Too yeah. good. Yeah. Well, um, they, they do have to be tasteful, tasteful though, in, in the way yeah. you do that. But we're not going to, we're not going to do like a Bud Light wedding where people just have Bud Light <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so then we we went ahead and and uh, brought Mandy in to do the pickle factory, and there's there's so much interesting history. So we we needed to come up with eight uniquely themed. Well, actually, it ended up being six unique themes that we use for the pickle factory, and uh, so we were like, okay, what what features can we take from the building or from the building's history to then create? uh these uniquely themed rooms so part of the building's history of course was that it was a pickle factory so we have uh the two rooms two of the eight rooms there's actually a conjoining door between the two uh so there there really could be booked as as a two bed two bath um and that is our it's called in a pickle and in a pickle has green like pickle green walls pickle green ceilings everything in it is pickle green uh, the shower tile is this awesome looking pickle green tile, black towel, uh, black tile on the floors. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a big deal. Kind, <laughs> it's, it's, basically. oh man, that's the title of the episode. Kind of a big deal. Just lost half the listeners, <laughs> I'm confident. Um, the, even like our, we have our couches are pickle green the is like everything and it's it, it's really funny now that we've we've had some guests checking in there you walk in and i think that people just go buy giant jars of stadium pickles just to snack on when they're in the pickle pad i think it's like this aesthetic because you walk in and it just smells like pickles um <laughs> and which jury's still out if we need to like take an ozone machine over there and like fix that problem or if it just adds to like the fourth dimension of our room or something it is but, it's the, uh, it's the, we broke the fourth wall right there it, it is, <laughs> It, for somebody that enjoys the, the smell of pickles, it is heaven. So yeah, so you go into that room and, and it's super uniquely themed, right? So, so the Pickle Factory, part of its history, um, it was originally built as a soda manufacturing. It was called Mineral Water in the 1873 when the building was built. Um, and so Mineral Water is basically, i.e. today's soda. And so we made one called Soda Pop. And Soda Pop is uh, kind of this 1950s, 1960s, uh, kind of like pink, blue, big circles, uh, uh, really unique light fixtures. And then there's some more playful, uh, you know, it, it's, it's almost 
it looks almost kind of bubble gummy. Um, yeah. A lot of bubbles everywhere. And it's, it's just very, very cute, a really cool place. Um, the owner of the building, his name was Henry Wenzel. So we have a room that's called Wenzel Hall. And Wenzel Hall is uh, what our interior designer imagined that Henry Wenzel might have experienced going home to his uh, aristocratic 1800s mansion in Covington. And so you go in and it's, it's, it feels very like Sherlock Holmes-esque, mm. very an antiques, but cool old antiques and like the torso statues in the windows and big gaudy mirrors, like spin wheels for, for yarn and stuff like that. Some really interesting historic pieces and old, like the, the traveling chests, like, you know, the suitcases used to yeah. be and they would open up and there was like clothes racks. So some chests, things like that that are just like super cool pieces. And she had like a year to source all of these materials. So she was really able to hit up a lot of antique markets and find some really cool stuff. Old telephones, like rotary dial telephones, that kind of thing. Um, so so that's, that's the theme for that room. Um, the building also had history as, uh, there was a fraternal organization in Covington called the Odd Fellows, mm. which is similar to maybe the Freemasons if you've heard yeah. of them. So they were segregated at the time, and uh, um, the African American Odd Fellows met in our building. And oh, cool. so, uh, you know, we we kind of had to be careful and, and think of how to tastefully demonstrate yeah. that piece of the history because we de definitely wanted to show it off. And yeah. so that building, you know, it has a lot of the the symbols of the Odd Fellows. So a three ring chain, an all seeing eye, a hand with a heart, like some of these symbols of the odd fellows we have incorporated into this design of the room so it's got kind of this i don't know if i want to say whimsical but but uh, almost kind of a mysterious eerie kind of like a national treasure kind of vibe except yeah not that terrible of acting uh, <laughs> it's like some pretty cool some pretty cool vibes uh when you walk into that one and then lastly we the building is on tobacco and electric alley which is super cool uh, so an ode to tobacco alley we've got one called cigars and bourbon and it's like you know the tile in the shower look like um look like wood planks and uh, you know it's just real rustic we've got like old vintage cigar boxes on the walls and like burlap bags like it's just got this kind of like aggressive cigars and bourbon tone uh and then lastly we have neon which is an ode to electric alley and you walk in and there's probably 50 neon lights all on the walls. Uh, I mean, it's just a very bold, uh, um, you know. It sounds like painful for the eyes. It's yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So that we we should have thought it thought it out a little bit better than we did because they all have it's to part be of the experience. Part of the they, experience. They all have to be individually turned off when you go to bed, which, which uh, there's definitely yeah, definitely a nightly routine of getting that place shut down before you go to sleep. Uh, but yeah, neon lights everywhere. There's a there's a, a fixture, a light fixture. The, the main chandelier is this sick looking monkey, like hanging from a rope with a lamp in one hand, you know? So it's like yeah. this awesome monkey is the chandelier. Our, our grout in the shower is yellow. The grout in the kitchen is blue. So it's like these super bold colors. So we really even tried to, to go and, um, and build the design of the apartment into the fixtures and the build out itself. So it wasn't like we were coming into like cool apartments that were all built the same from ground zero. Like we we're talking with the architects. Okay, this is how we want to design it. 
Yeah. So the guest has the coolest experience possible. And these are the colors we want to use. This is the type of countertops we want to use, which is a blessing and a curse. From a maintenance perspective, it's going to be a nightmare because we have every different type of light bulb in every yeah. different fixture. You know, well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask Ed. I'd be like, from a uh, operations perspective with cleaning, I, I'm like, all the operation stuff is going through my head. I'm like, man, how much of a pain is this to clean? <laughs> is <Okay>. it? <laughs> yeah, the, the, it's 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 unique. The, I don't really think the the cleaning really isn't the the bigger issue, just because a lot of people, a lot of our guests, that when they're staying in these rooms, they're probably know, like super respectful. Exactly. And it's kind of like that whole, I heard this theory. It's like when I was way back in the day when I was an unsophisticated Airbnb, owner, <laughs> I, like, maybe I should just do black sheets because if someone spills something, you know, <laughs> won't see it. And then I heard this podcast or something. And they said, if you just use white, people are subliminally more careful around white and they're not going to spill stuff. So then I just jumped on the bandwagon. We went with that. So as, as far as like that pickle factory and all the little details that are on the shelves and all the cool things that Mandy did, a lot of people don't really destroy it. They don't go in there. They don't want to hurt it because it's so cool, you know? Yeah. They want to make sure it's always, it's always photo ready, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. It's, if you have some sort of like Airbnb, I say, now I'm going to say Airbnb for this term, but if you have an Airbnb that's not taken care of, yeah. and a guest walks in there and they're like, wow, this place is just, you know, like stepping in a big pile too, you know, <laughs> I'll just go do my own on the, in the corner and it won't be a big deal because no one's going to notice. You know, yeah. and this kind of property, it's, it's a, little, a little bit different. And we do... What makes it a lot easier for us is that we don't use washer and dryers. This building doesn't have a single washer and dryer in it. Oh, wow. So operationally, we've kind of built our company just so that we can scale with it. And this is another reason why Marriott Homes and Villas really liked us was because we kind of do what the hotels are doing with their laundry system. And operationally, we bring in our commercial grade sheets in and we strip the beds, we strip everything, especially it's super important now with post-COVID, people want hey, you know, yeah. is, they want that sense of security that the duvet has been laundered or any sort of comforter or blanket, towels, everything. Yeah. So we, we kind of bring that sense of security. We bring in our laundry. We do we set the beds. We bring the, the sheets and the linens back to our depot, and then we basically launder it off-site. So it kind of yeah. makes jobs a lot easier from a cleaning perspective. But the number one thing I'm always worried about is, and how do you monitor this? I don't know. Maybe somebody who's listening to this podcast might be like, oh, I have the perfect solution to this. But all these little 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 details and things that Manny did it's like how do we keep people from stealing these things you know mm -hmm. like how are we going to know how are my cleaners going to know that hey that little unique piece that goes to that spin wheel in Wenzel is missing you know yeah so that's that's going to be one of our biggest challenges going forward is like how do we keep these things dressed up how do we keep these little uh trinkets is the word I was looking for earlier like how do we yeah. keep these trinkets on the shelf and you know at the end of the day people are going to steal you never know these intentions of who's staying in your property and it's just kind of like we mark it up as the cost of business but hmm. you know you can't just throw a security camera in there and say hey you stole that you right. know so yeah. You, yeah there's really no solution to it but at the same time the cool factor the income the revenue that we can charge for that cool factor makes up for the cost of doing business and by well, and this, the clientele that we have coming are, are not most of them are not the thieving type yeah um, you know, especially so when you pay premium rates people that pay a good a higher amount you know four or five hundred dollars a night or something like that for that, that type of experience exactly. they're yeah. they're not there for stealing if they want to steal it they, they would just buy it themselves so typically yeah. theft happens at least what we've seen is if somebody books a place to throw a party their yeah. guests come the guests steal you know but yeah. It, yeah. by and large we have not had a giant issue with that so um it, it could be a challenge but i think it shouldn't be too bad
Yeah. Well, I was going to say the inventory part's a whole nother story. Keeping inventory. I was going to say too bad they don't make uh, Apple air tags for, uh, for little trinkets like, like that. Cause, right, cause right. I'm pretty sure all the valuable stuff I'd be just, here's one, here's two, here's three. Uh, but oh, go ahead. Sound like it. Like who makes this? Like, okay, this is a unique antique piece. You know, you just yeah. order another one on Amazon as simple as that, but yeah, it's, we knew oh. it would be pounds going into it, but it's just the, the cost day, of doing business. It's and cool. it's a fun, yeah, cool product that makes it it makes it more fun. You know, it's what's when it's not challenging, it's like okay, off to the next. But if you have a challenge that's fun and creative at the same time, uh, I think it kind of adds to that that passion and drive to to keep moving forward and kind of how can we level this up every time and 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 go uh, further and further. It's really cool. Uh, I guess that kind of goes into my next question though too is. As we're wrapping up this episode, what's kind of like the next phase for you guys with Neat Suites? Like, what, how do, how are you guys, what's the vision for Neat Suites to carry on, like that creating of a, a destination and an experience for travelers, for locals, for uh, investors, you, you name it? What's, what's that look like for you guys? Yeah. So that's a great question. And we're a young company. So we're still trying to figure out exactly what, what that path is going to look like for us. But I, I think it's going to consist of a couple things. So, um, we want to grow our management to a hundred units in each major city in Kentucky, uh, and then maybe spread up into like Columbus um, and a couple other markets. But the challenge is, is so right now the majority of what we do is third-party management, um, and so as we grow, I think that we're going to have to come up with with some sort of of more strict guidelines behind what actually matches our level of guest experience. You know, right now we go into investor meetings and, and we're talking to investors who are saying, you know, we want you to manage this. What's it going to take for, for this place to be cool? And it's like, hire Mandy? Like, it's, yeah. I don't know what it's going to take for it to be cool. Like, that's not, that's not what I do. I hire people to tell me what it's going to take to be cool. And, and it gets challenging with, a, with you know, smaller investors sometimes is yeah because uh, they, they don't know what's cool. They don't hire the right interior designer. They might have a spouse that does it that's not too, super sophisticated with design. So mm-hmm. I think part of what our future is going to look like is going to be coming up with like super specific design guidelines um, or maybe having a, a mandatory set of, of furniture that they have to source through us. And then, you know, we require that they contract with our interior designers for the the photos that you know like art and things like that I, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like but i think somehow um creating a more scalable design uh guideline is going to yeah. really help us um and then so so growing our third party management into multiple cities in in kentucky and ohio uh, i think is a big part of what we want to do but then also um, moving into the private equity side uh, and um, basically raising funds to buy more short-term rentals in the markets in which we already operate. And uh, then we have full control over the design. And uh, we, we've been, been doing it a little bit, and I think we're going to continue to do that. Um, and I think that that will be a really, a really unique way. There's so many investors that are looking to buy short-term rentals and so few that actually know how to do it and yeah. what's important. And so right now we're at this unique, unique point in the market where there's more money that needs to be invested than ever before and uh, less assets that are available for purchase at a reasonable price than ever before. And so there's this huge 
this huge amount of money that is that is needing to be invested into a, a profitable solution. And uh, I think that that's something that Ed and I can can also move into. Um, so yeah, so I, I think that that's a little bit. So so continuing to grow our our management arm, continuing to grow uh, potentially an investments arm, and then figuring out how to copy and paste an incredible guest experience in a really unique space. And I don't think I've got the the answer on exactly how we're going to come up with guidelines because we don't want it to be so stringent that it's boring. Yeah, you know, we have to leave room for creativity, right? You can't 100%. you can't put systems around art, unfortunately. And uh, but at the same Darn time, <laughs> at the same time, you have you can't uh, you can't build a, a scalable business around art either. So uh, there there's definitely got to be a little give and take. So if anybody reach out reaches out to you with a creative solution, pass it along because I'm all ears for sure. Oh yeah. That's the, that's the cool thing about podcasting. You know, it's like conversations like this, you get all sorts of uh, random emails saying, Hey, I heard this on the podcast. I think you should check this out or blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Oh, great. Thank you. Um, no, but it's super cool. Cause like what you guys are talking about it was even just kind of like creating a standardized like guidebook for, you know, new investors or something like kind of like, Hey, we only use these linens. So, we, so you have to purchase X amount of par per bed. So that way we're, you know, we're cre- creating the consistency with our operations and like creating all that stuff. That's, that's a, you know, very, you know, Marriott's a big fan of that. They do that with all their, you know, courtyards, all their residence inns, all their, you name it, they have that, that um, kind of like that brand standard. So um, I, I think you guys are going to have fun with it because like you said, scaling arts and, uh, and a business uh, around it is, is going to be a tough one, but I think, you know, that, that guest experience, you guys are already naturally creative and naturally destination airs, as I like to call them is where you're creating a destination, out of nothing basically. And you're wired to do that. Like taking a pickle factory um, and taking four, four units in the same building and having a different design per each one is already like in your guys's DNA. So I think uh, as you guys continue to move forward, it's going to be nothing but cool and exciting to, to watch and to have everyone who's listening right now to, to watch as well. So I think it's great. It is cool. And Kentucky's a really cool place. We've got bourbon, we've got horses. There's a lot of cool history here. And I mean, Lexington's a really cool city. I went to school there. That's a, that's an awesome place that we can expand to, especially with like the part hotel or the boutique hotel yes. business yeah. model where we can actually scale our operations with growth. That's going to be the model we take going forward. Louisville's a cool city too. I mean, there's so much cool stuff here in Kentucky and it's, we have a whole part of Kentucky that's called the Red River Gorge. It's a beautiful place to go hiking. There's cliffs. I mean, you wouldn't think you're in Kentucky when you're there, but yeah. it's cool, just cool things people don't know about. Um, so definitely if you're, if you're in town, let us put you up in the pickle. To- totally <laughs> shameless plug. Come on. <laughs> I need to make that trip ASAP then because uh, I need a good little destination getaway. So in podcast in person, I think it would be pretty cool. Um, I never had, I never had that Joe Rogan experience where we're having bourbon or a, a nice, uh, drink while podcasting. <laughs> It'd be pretty exciting. <laughs> it is for everything, so. That's right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, I always love uh, to give opportunities for everyone on the podcast to give a shameless shout out to kind of where can people find you? Where's the best place to go for people to learn more, to see the pickle factory, you name it. Um, would love to let you guys give that or have that opportunity to share right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you guys can get in contact through our website and you can see all of our properties on our website. It's www.theneatsuites.com. Um, 
So if you look us up there, you can send us send us an email or, or whatever. And and even if you're not traveling, if you just want to talk short term rentals, we're we're all about it, all about networking. So anybody's welcome to reach out at any time. Traveler or owner, we have an owners tab. You can say, hey, I got this deal in Lexington. You know, I want to talk to you guys. I heard you on this podcast. We have a whole tab on our website just for you. Perfect. I love it. Well, uh, you heard it, Slick Talkers. Everything will be linked in the show notes below. So make sure you check out theneatsuites.com and you follow them and their journey because it's nothing but incredible. So thank you, gentlemen, for both being on the show. Uh, I can't wait to do this again at the Pickle Factory in person and cheersing over a nice glass of bourbon. So that sounds too good to be true. Absolutely. Well, we're ready to have you whenever. Awesome. You heard it, guys. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you all again next week. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Smart locks, smart thermostats, automation, and a solution for any hotel and vacation rental company. Our show partners at Operto are the leading solution for operators to enhance their operations by integrating with your property management software and making sure that all your smart devices create a contactless guest experience while streamlining your operations. So don't forget to check them out on their website, send me a message, or just let them know that we'll send you and you are in good hands. So get ready to enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast and check out operto.com or go to the podcast website and see our partners page. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast.